Welcome to Hold Up, the only podcast where we discuss the hate crime committed by the WWE. My name is Hudson, and uh, my co-host is Grace. Hi, Grace. Hi. I'm not sure this is the only hate crime the WWE has committed, so uh, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, when we launched this podcast, I, I had initially thought about, bef- before you reached out to me, doing, you know, wrestling topics and doing a wrestling podcast. And so uh, I'm very grateful that you've let me in two seasons have two wrestling uh, podcast episodes. Um, but I'm very excited because we have today joining us uh, from the wrestling rehab up, we have the great Matt Scott. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, and this is definitely not the only hate crime yeah, in, for, yeah, 100%. in <laughs> against a variety of groups, which is one of the really interesting things to dive into about wrestling. But um, you know, this is this is definitely going to be a little bit therapeutic for me as a longtime wrestling fan. So I'm feeling good. I think I'm going to feel great by the end of this. I hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. I you know, I you know, it isn't the only hate crime. I would say maybe specifically like the the the, the biggest gay hate crime of the WWE. Maybe I don't know. Has someone um, done anything worse? I, I mean, mm. I hope so. Pro- pro- probably this is the most like nefarious thing they've sort of de- like the like yeah the most like directed targeted harassment. To- well, I mean. There's so many layers. To, it's a very layered uh, wrestling storyline where, like, the people getting beat up for being, you know, gay aren't aren't gay uh, as well. So, I mean, should we get into it? So, so what we're talking about yeah. today is the Billy and Chuck storyline, and specifically the Billy and Chuck wedding or or what do they call it? Commitment commitment ceremony. ceremony. Um, so, in 2002, um, Billy Gunn, who's actually like. You know, it, it's always weird when I think about, like, Billy Gunn being in this, like, wrestling, this weird, like, wrestling storyline, because he's, like, actually, like, a really big name in, like, the history of wrestling, like, being part of Degeneration mm-hmm. X, um, and, and he was a big name in the Attitude Era, and he sort of comes out of that and ends up in this storyline where he, he and Chuck sort of are in a tag team, and they start becoming a little bit more, like, affectionate with one another and, like, playing up definitely gay tropes. They're, like, theme music is some of the, like, it's incredible. Uh, I love it. You look I so love good it so to me. Much. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. It's it's amazing. And I'll then probably it, sing it later. By the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're just we'll warm into it. And then <laughs> they get this manager named Rico, who's their like personal stylist, who definitely plays up like being gay. Um, and the storyline here is that Rico sort of convinces them to have a life partnership with one another. Um, and interestingly, like, WWE had, like, consulted with GLAAD, like, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, to, like, you know, with this idea that they were going to have this life partnership ceremony, so a gay wedding on TV. And then, you know, heel turn from from the WWE. They um, uh, turn this into where, like, as it's happening and they think they're actually getting married, like Billy and Chuck sort of like backtrack and are like, no, we're not actually gay. Like this is supposed to be a publicity stunt and we weren't supposed to actually get married. Um, but then the priest is actually this like evil authority figure who's like in disguise and he rips off his face and then he gets his like henchmen to attack Billy and Chuck, um, ending the ceremony. Um, yeah, it's quite the segment. <laughs> it, it it sure is. It sure is quite the segment. Um, so I mean, I, I'm intrigued to hear about like the uh, the affection that the two of them, Billy and Chuck, had before they uh, decided to have this commitment ceremony. Like, was it was it played up in a homophobic ways, or was it a more like some nice male affection that you know was showing positive male friendships? 
yeah. man, what were what were billions? No. Yeah, no. No. So it went back. They so the interesting thing about this tag team is that in the context of wrestling, they're so memorable because WWE was well one smart enough not to do the same exact offensive thing again, but um, also just because they were a dominant tag team, like to to get away a little bit from the tropes, which started from the moment they debuted, I, I believe in November two thousand one. Um, you know, we had this tag team that was that. I'm, I'm like struggling with words because I was about to say out, which they were not out as a tag team. And I think that's one of the key points uh, with within their gimmick, which is that it was constantly insinuated that they were into each other. And going back to their debut, one thing I thought that was interesting was that it wasn't clear if it was just a homoerotic um, you know, dynamic yeah. between them or if they were really narcissistic, but WWE was actually playing with both. And then they started to lean more into the homoeroticism of it all about a month or two into the storyline when Billy and Chuck got these beautiful, may I say, headbands with yeah. their names on them, yeah. with their matching gear. But no, and, the blonde, WWE, and, they, and they, mat, they had matching blonde hair at this point too, which I think was new. It was well. great. Yeah, it was great. They, and, it's a look. Like it's if you a look, look at their attire, it's a look. They definitely like stand out for sure. They do. And I think yeah. for you know, I was I was about um not even 10 years old when this was airing. So my mind was in a completely different place. I'm sure a lot of the a lot of what was suggested kind of went over my head at the time, <laughs> but I liked them. I loved their theme song. I don't think yeah. we're at the point where I sing it yet, but maybe well, that will be like later on in, in the episode. Yeah. So I think cause it, like one thing that is like a thing that happens in, in wrestling a lot is like wrestling is not this. It, it happens. I mean, WWE uh, in particular, they put on a show every week. So like every Monday and, and you know, nowadays every Friday there's a, there's a show and they, they don't take like a break. And so, Oftentimes in wrestling, like you end up having these like wrestlers who they sort of like need something to do or they don't have anything to do. And they're sort of just like, what are we going to do with these guys? And they just, you know, for these guys, they just, you know, we're like, okay, you guys start being a team and then we'll see what happens. And I don't think this was something that they were like, okay, we're going to put them together and they're going to be explicitly like gay and they're going to be like in a relationship. And then like in a year, they're going to have a wedding. Like WWE is so booked, like yeah. Like literally like an hour before the show starts, like the script might have been ripped up and a new one got written. So wow. probably what happened here is like they have nothing to do. They start like tag teaming. Probably somebody's like, it'd be really funny if they like, you know, and, and, and being like a flamboyant gay guy is like certainly something. I mean, this is what we talked about with Goldust is like Goldust mm -hmm. is a product of like Gorgeous George and of like all the wrestlers who came before him who were these bad guys because they were like a flamboyant gay guy. And this was like the next like level of being like risque with that idea of like, why don't we just have like two guys in a tag team who are like, you know, into each other. Like that's sort I feel like that's sort of what it was born out of. And you know, the pigtails, like their, their theme music is all to like, you know, want people to boo them and hate them. And so um, they do that. And then it leads, they're like, what if they get married? Like weddings are a big thing in wrestling. Like what if we have a gay wedding? And that's what it, this like leads to in this segment. And it's, it's, um, it's interesting. They actually became like good guys coming out of this, but all, like mm -hmm. that we'll get into that later because that's a whole like can of worms. So like now that they're straight hetero guys, 
they could be the good guys. You know? Yeah, and just anyway. to talk about the complexity of wrestling for a second within yeah. all of this, because I I took the step of going back and rewatching a lot of their moments from 2001, 2002, and I realized that there are several layers to the hold-uppiness of, of Billy and Chuck, which is the actual characters of Billy and Chuck, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot, but then... There are the announcers, the ring announcers, the commentators who are basically like our voices in our ears sort of telling us or insinuating for us how we should be reacting and and feeling. There are the fans who also kind of paint and show us how things are supposed to be received. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's just like the WWE overall. And and so I'm, I'm really interested to dive into this. I will say up front that the announcers were absolutely horrible over the course of this storyline. And I think beyond the characters. So you have these very sexy oiled up men who are doing their thing. I don't think I, I don't, I don't know if I knew they were sexy at that age or not or what my, but you know, they were there, they were doing their thing. And I think that while that was one thing, I, I also just realized without the commentary um, and without the fan reaction mm-hmm. that, this whole storyline is more likely to hold up than it is with all of those things. Yeah, like I, when I was watching this clip, um, it's just booze and booze and booze yeah. as these like two men are like committing themselves to each other. And it felt like that's where I felt the hate crime coming in. Like it wasn't even that like mm. the WWE was necessarily doing the horrible thing. It was that they were like allowing this behavior to occur in the fandom of just like it just like imagine being like a gay person in that room. Like, oof. There definitely was, right? Like they're absolutely like, you know, just yeah. like statistically, there definitely was a gay person there. But like <laughs> wrestling, it is. It's so complex in the sense that like, um, I mean, especially at this time, I think well, I think WWE has always sort of been like this, uh, and this is not all wrestling, but it's very much of like who is the good guy and who is the bad guy, and like why is there a reason for the good guy to get to beat up the bad guy, right? Like that's that's in the in in essence like a very simplified way of like looking at what wrestling is, and when they create Billy and Chuck, what they end up like whether they intended to do this from the beginning or not is what they end up with is these guys who are like if they're affectionate with each other, people will hate that and they'll want to see people beat them up, right? Like one of their big feuds is with uh, the APA, the Acolyte Protection Agency, who are like two of like notoriously the toughest guys like backstage, like notoriously like two of the toughest guys ever in wrestling. And in a feud like that, it's like people are like, yeah, we want to see these two tough guys basically beat up these like sissies, you know? Like that's, that's what WWE is trying to invoke. And so I think like nowadays, if you put like in WWE... I don't know. I definitely do think, you know, it's inter- well, we can get into this, but Rico's trajectory in, in WWE uh, is quite interesting in the sense that he starts out as this yeah. like flamboyant hairdresser who, you know, he's a bit, he's a bit like, you know, we watched uh, Queer Eye. Hudson. He's a bit Queer Eye-ish and like he comes in and he, that you know, that's his sort of gimmick. And over the course of his career, he actually becomes like a pretty popular, like middle of the card baby face. Like, and, and, he, and he, he like plays up, like he wears like, glamorous face paint and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it is interesting how WWE can sort of, you know, they can place somebody and then pivot them in a way to make them cheered or reviled. But to this point, we hadn't really seen like a character who who would come off as queer be the good guy. They're always the bad guy. And so I'm interested, like, 
now. If you put, like, Billy and Chuck in WWE now, I don't think, A, they would, like, play up their, like, queerness as much as they did in this time. But you you could also see that, like, being... Well, so you, see, you could see it as an empowering storyline. WWE still has a hard time being, like, this, this wrestler is gay. Like, there's uh, several queer wrestlers on the on the roster at the moment. I don't right. think any of them like on TV get acknowledged as being gay, right? Like even when Darren Young came out, man, you remember no. like he was not you know, he wasn't like people didn't see, on TV, he was never referred to as gay. Sonia Deville I think is 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 queer. She it's never referenced yeah. that she is. Jake Atlas in NXT is. They don't reference that he's gay. So like they often are like he's a very special superstar. Or he's like a very like he's a role model and you're like, "Yeah, I know that because I know he's gay." But if you could just say it, that'd be great for like the kids who don't know why he's like a role model, you know? And this is this is one reason that I like to go back to to look at what WWE was because it definitely has transfor- transformed a lot over time, but I think that you know, the the tricky thing for me in going back and watching Billy and Chuck is that from the tag team perspective, I was kind of blown away because I didn't realize how dominant they were as a tag team. Like I was going through the, uh, the just the list of their matches and I don't normally come ready with stats, but I thought that this was interesting that they had like 38 wins and only 11 losses in their whole time as a, as a tag team mm-hmm. throughout this, this gimmick. And then, over the course of their their tag team right they're facing people hudson maybe this won't mean anything to you but for anyone who's wrestling fans like they're beating the hardys the apa the dudleys like just all these different tag teams i think they which won is, at wrestlemania that year exactly they won yeah. they beat they beat three of the teams at at wrestlemania so it is they, wwe was going for something i'm not sure what they were going for but like the other thing i realized was that so Billy and Chuck were one of the longest reigning tag teams for actually a long time before um, before they were together as a team. Like looking back, one thing that I think is funny is that um, like the longest reigning tag team, I think their their reign, I have it somewhere here, was like uh, 89 days or something at the longest. And they actually... Like the, the person who had that the record before that was actually Billy in a different tag team. And before that was Billy in a different tag team. And before that was Billy in a different tag team. Mm-hmm. So he's he he also was like this 10 time tag team champion or something like that when he was put into this scenario, which just makes it all that much more bizarre because I have no clue what WWE was was going for, but they clearly respected um, at least Billy Gunn in the in the dynamic. Um, so I would love to love to be a fly in the wall in those creative team booking conversations, those writers rooms. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, that's what I said. He's sort of a weird person to be in the mix. Like Chuck is sort of this guy who sort of you know was in wcw came over during when the two companies merged and he didn't Mm -hmm. really do a whole lot he does he he this is probably the highlight of his career there's maybe one other stint he has after this he goes he's in the uh the full-blooded italians the fbi hudson is where he transitions to next and then a little bit later he comes back and he has this like biker run he's like this biker who rides a motorcycle to the ring and where you know yeah but custom chucky p Custom, Custom Chucky, Chucky P. P. Yeah, I forgot yes. about that. But Billy is, he's like, yeah, he's a big name in the history of, he still wrestles. He's still, and his two sons actually are wrestlers in, in AEW. So he's sort of this interesting person to have this, um, this 
moment to be part of this moment. And he says in, in an interview years later, he said he doesn't regret anything that happened here, but he obviously, you know, he sort of feels like whatever my storyline is. Like a lot of people would say like, no, I'm not going to be the gay character, you know? And he, he sort of was willing to do it, whether he should have or not, I think is another story. And I think also his perspective of like, yeah, it was fine to do it. Like, yeah, maybe you're not the person who gets to say whether it was fine to do it, but I don't know. What do you think Hudson? I mean, I'm just impressed by all this. Like I, I, I said this last time, the lore of WWE is just impressive. Like it's, it's like a soap opera, like just the amount of information about, sorry, did I just, did I, I feel like I saw Matt's face just kind of just go like down when I said it's like a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's accurate. I just yeah. think it, like my, my relationship with WWE is a very conflicted one and I don't even, I like I struggle with the term fan too, which just might give an idea of where I stand as someone who commentates on wrestling every week. But um, yeah, soap opera is pretty accurate. Yeah, so it just like it's amazing to hear like how much of a backstory these people have and how much has gone happened to these characters since like this very seemingly big moment in. Uh, the 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 rest the wrestling show i don't know <laughs> like was no, this, no, was this like an a, event or was this just yeah. a week one of the weekly shows well this was one of the weekly shows it did happen right. on 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 smackdown which is like a weekly show that would air um so it did and then this led to um like a pay-per-view match where it was like billy and chuck versus three minute warning who are the guys that eric bischoff gets to attack them so it did lead to a store like a pay-per-view match it's sort of the cycle of wrestling is that raw and smackdown happen sometimes you get a big moment but most of the time it's like we're building to the next like event and mm -hmm. then that event happens with like certain events being you know wrestlemania obviously coming up uh is the biggest one of the year there's like three other ones that are fairly big everything mm -hmm. else is sort of uh ho -hum. and it's really interesting like now like everything is on their the WWE network actually which is moving to peacock so um, it's not even like pay-per-view anymore. Like you, it's, it's all like a subscription model, which is like interesting to think about, but no, this wasn't like, this wasn't like, I don't know how to explain it, that how, how it, it was like an advertised event of like, you're invited to the, the life cell, like the life commitment ceremony, but it wasn't like pay to come pay to watch it. It was like definitely on, on just weekly television. Yeah. And the, the, I think that, <sighs> You're going to hear me sigh and just uh, I'm, I'll try to make I'll try to make it through. But, you know, one thing that that I I find myself struggling with is that so they I mean, they probably decided to do the commitment ceremony the week before or a couple of weeks before, but they announced it the week before it happened. Um, and one thing that was really notable is that it was very clearly when you're listening to the, the performers, a commitment ceremony for them to become tag team partners for life. That's what right. they say. They don't say anything about like same sex marriage, gay marriage or yeah. like uh, anything like that. And the announcers on commentary who have their little earpieces in and being are, are being talked to, which maybe we should get into that a little bit. But, are, you know, they're getting cues on what to say from uh, Vince McMahon, who is the, the boss in charge, um, are referring to it as, you know, is this are, are they getting married? Is this partners for life? What are they doing? So they're the ones who are taking it in a direction beyond what the characters are saying, which is really frustrating because on all of the graphics, it says commitment ceremony. It does not refer to a wedding, mm -hmm. but the commentators can't help but talk about how it's a wedding 
which I'm still confused if it well, was I supposed to be a wedding or not. So I think that that's the story. That's the way they try to pivot it at the end, which is like the thing that I think Glad has uh, rightfully so. Like Glad says, so apparently it was like two months before the commitment started because they were mm. working with Glad. So Glad says like two months ago, they told us that Billy and Chuck were going to come out and they were going to get married. And so, right. but the way that they pivot the story to basically turn Billy and Chuck and I think to like get themselves out of having like a gay wedding in a set, like, you know, to like, sort of like, I mean, this is a classic wrestling move of like, you know, card subject to change, you know, like it's like every, it cuts in like every wrestling card that says like, you know, you're going to see the rock versus stone cold. It says card subject to change in case the rock is sick or they want, you know, they want to sub something out. And so it's sort of this like tagline in wrestling that gets used a lot. But in here, basically the idea is like, if in the ceremony, Billy and Chuck can feel like they've been like duped into like, they now think that they're getting married because Rico has like set them up. Then, you know, that's like a story point, right? It's like, okay, now Billy and Chuck, are, they've been going along with it, but they've been duped by Rico, who then in the aftermath like of the story is like Rico pairs up with the three-minute warning who come in and attack them. So I don't really know what his plan there was of like get them married and then they're, ac- they're accidentally married to, like they're like accidentally married together and then he hangs out with Rosie and Jamal. I don't really understand. Um, but the idea of the way they turned it is like, oh, everybody else thinks it's a commitment, like a, like a marriage. Billy and Chuck think that they're like sort of getting one over. And then when it actually turns out, it's actually might be a marriage ceremony. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not what we signed up for, right? Letting them turn into good guys who don't actually, who aren't actually gay, who who are just doing it as a ruse, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, man, this story is so, it's like so layered and complicated. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's, and and there's so many different things we could we could dive into with this one. But again, I think that, it's, it's easy to get tied up in the characters and the storyline of all of it. But I think just taking a step back, like if we're not looking, <laughs> if we're not looking at the actual Billy and Chuck characters, the, I, there's so much to talk about with just how WWE approached this and handled yeah. it. And I'm still a little bit confused about whether or not you know, how much Glad understood in terms of it being a work or being a storyline, in other words, um, in wrestling versus it being something real because they did release a statement after the fact, um, which basically insinuated that they thought Billy and Chuck were were gay and were going to come out, but then didn't come out. And it was it was just a very muddled conversation, especially when you look at pro wrestling, which is... Um, a lot of there's a lot of confusion, especially in retrospect around what's fake yeah. and what's real. And I think WWE you know. just painted themselves in a corner where they knew they would get a ton of attention about yeah. having a gay wedding, uh, yes. which is like you know whether or not they called it that. That's what everybody referred to. Like when when somebody like you know if you thought about doing the Billy and Chuck gay wedding, like that's what it's called. On oh no, it's not. It's just Billy and Chuck. But like to me, that's what this yeah. like segment is called. Even though yeah, the whole thing is like it's a you know a tag team commitment ceremony or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think they painted themselves in a corner where they knew like WWE is notorious for this of like yes like no like. Uh, what's what's this term of like you know whether controversy creates cash that's like an Eric Bischoff right. thing no uh, bad so publicity. Hudson Eric Bischoff 
the guy yes. who is the priest, is also the guy who used to run the competition to WWE and almost ran them out of business. Um, and he didn't own the company, but he was the, the creative genius behind probably the big, the most famous wrestling angle of all time, which is Hulk Hogan becoming a bad guy and, and running the NWO. And Eric Bischoff like say, would say every week like on WCW TV, he'd be like, I'm trying to run Vince McMahon out of business. And then WCW was the one that ran out of business. And about a year later, uh, Vince hired Eric Bischoff, which like seen as this like wild move that this guy who like was basically like mm -hmm. slandering your name on TV, you'd hire him as like an on-screen talent. So Eric Bischoff is this guy who he, he's very much in the thing like controversy creates cash. Um, we could talk about this, Matt, but th this is around the same time that Eric Bischoff is doing uh, HLA yes. to, to get to drive Raw ratings, which is hot lesbian action. So he'd yeah. just say like, if you want to like come watch Raw, we have HLA. Um, and then they just yeah. have women make out. Uh, so yeah, this but, is like WWE at the time of like, yeah. whatever we yeah. can, however we can get a headline, let's do it. And then I think There's what happened here is that they then realized like, well, we don't want, we don't want them to be like gay or like whether they wanted that or not. I, I, you know, whether them, you know, maybe they would have been fine with that of having them, you know, continue on being a tag team together. But they also saw it as like a storyline, you know, pull the rug out from under you and, and have the ceremony, the wedding be ruined as is tradition in a wrestling wedding. Um, and so I feel like they just painted themselves in this corner of like, we'll just say, we'll do it for the headline. And then we'll deal with whatever, you know, whatever we want to do moving forward. Yeah. We'll do that yeah. afterwards, right? Yeah, I, I kind of want to, um, I kind of want to bring the, like kind of the, the, the era and the, the time and place that this, this, this witness occurred. So um, the, the commitment ceremony happened in December of 2002. Is that correct? September, uh, September, September. Sorry, September. Yeah. Of actually, one thing that's so notable about this, which is actually kind of shocking in retrospect, was that it was September 12th, 2002. So it was a year after 9-11. And Grace, you know how mm. much WWE, you know, they had tribute. They've had tribute to the troops going to Iraq and they've actually done. They were the a number first, of things. They were the were, first events after. They were 9 the first event, at, the first major public event, I believe, in Texas after 9/11 happened a year before. Yeah. So what's wild is that they, they, it's almost like they, they either ignored the fact that it was the anniversary or didn't bring it up for some reason that day. But yeah, WWE was all was definitely all over the place. Uh, but September twelfth, twenty uh, two thousand two, very notable day. All right, so yeah, uh, I want to, I want to, like, for, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion around, like, like when the gay marriage debate really started in the U.S. in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. and like, I, while while you guys were uh, pontificating on wrestling, I did do a little light googling just to mm -hmm. uh, to kind of get a good idea, and it seems that like, um, you know, back in the the 70s, there was a there was a push in some liberal cities to get you know um, gay marriage. Uh, legalized or domestic partnership legalized before the AIDS crisis happened, and it not it wasn't until the late '90s that like Hawaii um, legalizes domestic partnerships, and then a few states like California, Vermont, they start slowly putting in domestic partnership uh, commitment ceremony type uh, legalizations into effect. Right, and it kind of hits its kind of like crest in 2004 when uh you know uh bush uses gay marriage as a way to get people to the polls to get them reelected. um so that's where we're in we're in a very culture like a point where gay marriage is part of the zeitgeist it is this big cultural cultural wars um thing and so it may i feel like it makes a lot of sense for the wwe to be capitalizing on something that is so controversial and i don't mean to stereotype wwe fans but i have a feeling in 2002, not a lot of them 
would have said, yes, I am in favor of gay marriage or even civil unions. Um, am I wrong? <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think like WWE yeah. is this interesting thing. Like Vince McMahon is a pretty terrible human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife worked yes. in the Trump administration. They've donated a lot of money to Donald Trump. So just to mm-hmm. give you a sense of like where he stands politically. Do I think that, so one of Vince McMahon's closest wrestling advisors I don't know if they're, I would assume that they're friends, um, but it's it's Pat Patterson. And Pat Patterson is um, a wrestler, you know, from like the 60s. Uh, He was the first ever intercontinental champion in the company. And Pat has always sort of been, I don't know when he like came out, uh, like, like where he was like start to acknowledge it in an interview, but he's basically been out his whole life. Like if you read his autobiography, he's basically been out his whole life. And so Vince would have known this, um, is something that he, you know, Pat Patterson is, I don't know if you know the concept of the Royal Rumble Hudson, which is this match where like 30, you know, two people start and then one person comes, you have to be thrown over the top rope. It's one of the marquee events in wrestling and Pat Patterson invented it. So he's like one of the Ooh. smartest minds um, in wrestling. And he's like Vince McMahon's like closest advisor. Like, so in, in the early nineties up until I think like the two thousands, like he, he was like the, the, the story guy, one of the closest like guys who would work on, and one of the smartest minds of like how a match should be laid out. Like that was often his role. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, WWE has this very weird relationship with like queer people. And to me, I think probably like to a detriment of, you know, Vince McMahon, there's a history of WWE, playing up stereotypes because it's an easy way to create entertainment, right? Like it's an easy way. So like, um, you know, think of all the Matt, help me out with like some of these, like who are like the larger, you know, we often see like Yokozuna is like, he's a Samoan guy, but he, he comes in as this like, you know, 500 pound sumo wrestler. He's like this evil Japanese guy with like this evil manager who throws like salt in people's eyes. Um, and then you have like, I don't know, this is going to be a well, it's, yeah, It's tough because the list of, like if you go to the 80s or 90s and then you go to any character that is of some nationality that's not, you know, they're not from yeah. the US. Yeah. That they're, or even... If you look at a character who I'm not, I'm blanking a little bit, like a plumber or a certain occupation, yeah, yeah. the person who's in that gimmick is not These are in a that real occupation. Thing, Hudson. In like yeah, the mid 90s, there was an obsession with like, they are like a wrestling blank. So, like, they're a yeah. wrestling race car driver, or they're a wrestling plumber, or they're a wrestling garbage man. Like, wrestling this is clown. a re- wrestling farm, yeah. wrestling clown. Like, this was like a big thing in like the, in the, in the like mid 90s. And so, I feel like it's just this, like this thing that Vince McMahon has, which he's actually like, He's brilliant at it in a, in a way like he's a you know he has this mind for like how do we turn up the you know how do we take somebody and turn their character up to an 11 so that you watch a wrestling show and you see you know these two like flamboyant gay guys who like it's just the problem with the, the way WWE like position them and, and right. they are feeding off like how society views people right it's like the reason why Vince McMahon can be like these two guys are going to be like gay wrestlers they're going to be like they're going to be in a relationship and they're you know they're going to be like they love each other they love you know they love themselves whatever is because he knew that like society would boo those people right in the same way that he can tap into like why will wrestling why will wrestle like why will people cheer this guy which like Stone Cold Steve Austin is an example of like when people are like why do you love Stone Cold Steve Austin like he drank beer and and uh, like beat up his boss at work like you know it was like mm-hmm. yeah I want to cheer that guy right and like in the the audience that he was speaking to uh, would boo Billy and Chuck. At the same time, it's really interesting because when you talk, when you said this earlier, you were like they were two like oiled up, oiled up, you know, sexy men. I was like, they that's were. wrestling. 
That's yeah. all well, wrestlers. <laughs> it is and it isn't. So it is. I think it is especially now. But like back then, and this is the thing I didn't appreciate, but maybe it'll start to come into view a little bit more as we talk about it, Grace, which was just that there are so many wrestlers who did not wear like the trunks, the mm-hmm. I, I, I'll just call them trunks, but kind of like the short brief like yeah attire for those who are wondering and that was billy and chuck and one thing that was so fascinating to me in the commentary um when it's i think it was uh jerry the king lawler and jr and then on on the smackdown side it was um taz and michael cole but on the jerry the king lawler uh and and uh jr side of things when they talked about them they they often talked about their tights and their latex trunks that they wore and that they were tight and it's funny because it stood out because their opponents are wearing like t-shirts and like cargo pants and uh ravens wearing like a kilt situation with a sleeveless shirt so it was a different time where i kind of feel like everyone was sort of dressed like in some variation of either i'm gonna wear long trunks to cover my legs or i'm gonna wear like some kind of street clothing i I don't know isn't it funny how you can take like so they're wearing these like red latex like yes like more shiny like short Mm -hmm. tights right but like stone cold steve austin i know he's like he's like the most badass wrestler of all time he wears like black trunks he wears shiny enough (laughs) Not shiny enough. I know they're not shiny. That's and so the isn't difference. it funny that you're like like you can take the exact same thing that like another wrestler does, but you can make it seem gayer. Like right? like it's so fun. Like like okay, like Triple H like oils himself up before he goes out to wrestle. But when he does it, he's a manly man. Was, when Billy well, when Billy and Chuck do it, they're super gay. Like <laughs> they're, but this is the this is the fascinating thing about wrestling, especially looking back at that time, because it's all of the subtleties that they like lean into and embrace. So when it comes to the announcers and Billy and Chuck, they're talking so much about what they're wearing and they're criticizing yeah. their matching headbands, which it's like, okay, they're a tag team. They should wear matching clothes yeah. and they're wrestlers. So they should wear trunks. But then at the same time with maybe someone like Triple H or with the Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, they have these, they just talk about them in a way that like inval- uh, that validates their masculinity yeah. and yeah. builds on it. So yes, it there's you know better than I do. Like there's no logic in any of how WWE positions well in in a lot of how WWE positions things. And that this is a good example where it's like oh, I no, don't it, know why these two sh- like why these two would it's are, are it's, gayer than anyone it's else. It's not that they don't have logic. They know what they're doing, which is like why I think it's like uh, fascinating in that sad. like you're right. Like yeah. you like pop these guys in 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 a in a wrestling ring now and it and it you know, I think it gets portrayed or perceived a lot differently than it did at the time where WWE knows if we just like insinuate that they're gay, they will be booed. They will be the bad yeah. guys, and the, and and again in wrestling, the way you make money is you either pay you're either paying to see someone beat somebody else up. So do you pay money to watch Stone Cold Steve Austin beat somebody up, and then there you know, or you pay money to see somebody get beat up. So that's basically like in wrestling terminology, how do you how do you make money? Are you the one who people pay to see you get beat up, or do people pay? To watch you beat up somebody and the and the real money is when you have one of each right so vince mcmahon mm-hmm. is one of the best he, bad guys of all time people want to pay to see him get beat up and if stone cold's the one doing <laughs> it they'll pay extra money right so the way that they see money in billy and chuck is we make them these 
like effeminate gay men who we want to see get beat up and the money and you know in WWE is like to have them be winning uh and in a more dominant they weren't totally like these like sneaky cheaty bad guys which sometimes you see like sometimes you see a bad guy who they can't win to save their life but they can you know they know how to cheat and that's how they win and so you you know there's a build-up to like okay now you know oh they got away again but like next time the good guy's gonna get them whereas billy and chuck were a little it was a little bit more like wow how how did they win um and yeah and then i think that they just didn't know what to do at the end and you know they they run this wedding ceremony and you know have rico you know, defect on the team, and Billy and Chuck become these like good guys, and they actually That's drop so all the flamboyant stuff, hmm. right? They right. drop yeah, all and they, the they like lovey dovey. They, yeah. they they don't wear matching. They don't wear yeah, matching don't wear, gear after that point. From headbands and matching gear are out. Uh, so yeah. Okay, I, I have I have another thing. Yeah. Okay, this is really embarrassing to say. So I w- I decided to come into. The, no, it's, it's not embarrassing okay. that I decided to come into this. Uh, uh, just completely, just like not knowing anything, because I was like, you know what? Like Grace and Matt, they're wrestling experts. I don't need to Google a thing today. Um, but the Rico person, <laughs> I was like, is that yeah, the guy that's... who Gold Dust like was hitting on? Because that's how bad I don't. I because I, I know no. nothing about wrestling. No. I was like, is no, that the no. guy Gold Dust was hitting on? <laughs> no, that guy was Razor, Razor Ramon. Ramon. Uh, so mm, yes, Razor very Ramon different. Wasn't really, he was he was in uh, WWE in like the early 2002. But R- Razor Ramon, unfortunately, his like wrestling story is of a guy who has had a mm. lot of addiction issues uh, a yeah. lot of issues with with uh with alcohol and so his career kind of faded out he's like that's you know year. yeah popped out every once pop, like popped up uh, every once in a while um normally as some part of like the he was a big part of the nwo um but no he's not around so rico rico was introduced into the world of wwe wwe at like as this character um and so then he he went on to manage uh, three minute warning for a bit and then he sort of like went off on his own and, and again did this like um ultra flamboyant yeah like character but as a you good guy google i should have google image search of razor ramon i feel really embarrassed that i thought they were the same person they literally no, 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 it's fine. just have no dark, i thought like hair and that's the only thing yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the hair. It's like the mullet-y, yeah. like, hair, right? Rico, yeah. Rico is more yeah. like a Zoolander. Yeah. And that, which yeah. is funny because he was 100%, 1,000% even, based on Zoolander. Because that movie came out yeah. in 2001, and then he debuted in 2002. So it was... I see where they were coming from with that character, um, but uh, yeah, not yeah. I think I'm glad little... that it's different. Di- I'm glad that they didn't pull um, Scott Hall or Razor Ramon into this cute. one. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Well, I Razor did find Ramon. Razor Ramon nice. cute. Oh, Rico! But I thought Rico was cute. Yeah, Rico was on. Rico yeah. was on American Gladiators at yeah. one point. Actually, I uh, weird weird times in my wrestling fandom where I found myself watching like '90s American Gladiator because I knew that Rico yeah. was in them. But hey, yeah, he's he's hot stuff. You have to Rico see him in, in spandex on against yeah. the Gladiators. He does yeah. pretty well. I'm totally Spoil, looking spoiler at alert. Him. Yeah, he's a, he's a cute guy. Like he like he's he um yeah. I thought he was a lot more attractive than the the Billy and Chuck dudes. I felt like Billy and Chuck dude were like a lot more even with like these. These like really, really like um, weird looking mut- like mullet mut- mutton chops, mutton chops he had. Um, I thought he was a lot cuter than like yeah. yeah. But Billy and Chuck looked like kind of cheesy wrestling dudes. Also, you know, I don't like blonde hair, so I was like, meh, you know. Isn't that funny too that they made they made uh, Chuck dye his hair blonde? It's funny too. It's I like... think I mean that's that's so the 
in terms of the homophobia that we're seeing, I was going to point that out because I feel like the type of homophobia that WWE was going for with Billy and Chuck, Billy and Chuck was kind of like by people who don't not only don't know gay people, but also don't like don't really have experiences with homophobia. Like if, yeah. if there's one thing that I appreciate yeah. with WWE, like they're not great at being absolutely homophobic like and and that's what a that's compliment the credit i'll give them that's the credit i'll give them that like it's like okay i see what you were doing again in retrospect with 2021 eyes i see okay you, you made him dye his hair blonde and of course the pigtails and you keep pointing out what they're wearing for some reason even though triple h and stone cold are wearing basically the same thing um but yeah this it's the subtlety of it all also hudson do you know what billy Billy Gunn's like nickname was like before he Uh-oh. was it was Billy. Do you know what his like <laughs> like? It's one of the most like famous gimmicks. Let me get, can I so guess? He was okay. Here are my yeah, guesses. You can guess, so yeah. I uh, suck the gun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, close. Um, <laughs> I actually, mean, I don't know. yeah. He used to say suck it a lot. He used to say because he yeah. was part of Degeneration X. So he'd often be the guy. There'd be this whole spiel, and it's like, and he'd say, "If you're not down with that, we got two words for you." And then he'd say, "Suck it," which I think got me <laughs> attention at some point, probably um, in elementary school. There's a um, there's a there's a porn. It's a trans porn called Billy Does the Castro. So Billy Does the Castro. He, uh, what, yeah. San Francisco. <laughs> ah, yeah. nice, great city. Uh, so those are my two. No. I, <laughs> so he went by the moniker Mr. S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but wait, but 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 like the thing is that was his actual at some point that was his actual name rather than just a nickname. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know a great story? So he was like also he was the badass Billy Gunn, and then he was Mr. Ass, and he would have these like mm-hmm. weird he would have like these big red lips on his on the back of his trunks, uh, is what he would have like on his ass. Um in as a small child, you know, because I was watching when I was like maybe seven, eight, nine years old when like Billy Uh-oh. Gunn was Mr. Ass. Uh, and I had these like wrestling action figures or I'd be like pretending to wrestle like on the trampoline. But like, you know, as all the rest, all my wrestlers. And so whenever I would like introduce r- the road dog, Jesse James uh, and his tag team partner to oh, no. avoid getting in trouble, I would call him the bad <laughs> apple Billy Gunn or Mr. Apple. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> I didn't know where that I didn't know where that was going, but I'm glad that's where yeah, it went. Mr. Apple, uh, or yeah, the bad apple. So wholesome. Gun, that's what oh, I wholesome. Yeah, it's a very wholesome way of like Ooh. me watching this guy say. Suck I have an it. interesting question, <laughs> and this might be getting to TMI. Did they did they yeah. try Ooh, to say which one of them Uh-oh. was like the top and which one was the bottom in this relationship? Which or I, no. Well, actually. So I don't know if they were consistent in any way, but there were there are there's at least one moment where I'm trying to think where it might when it might have happened. I think it might have been like uh, when they were tag team champions and and they actually faced. See, they were a big deal. They faced and lost their titles to Hulk Hogan and Edge, who are mm-hmm. Edge is still around and Hulk Hogan is infamous and now canceled. But um, you know what? They had I, I did see Chuck bent over and then mm. Billy kind of like slapped him <laughs> on the ass. But like, oh, sorry, on the apple. On the um, apple. But, <laughs> you, you know, hey, I mean, it works. Um, but yeah, I, that I, I, I'm sure that they did a little bit of work insinuating, but honestly, again, well, I, I think that I comes to your WWE point knew. of like, yeah, yeah, like Vince doesn't know 
what being a top or a bottom is. So like no, he, he doesn't. He's not, he's he does not in the not. camera like, to pretend one of them is a top. Like, he doesn't know, right? Like, he, and that's, no. that's what Matt was saying earlier is that all the announcers always have, like, Vince yes. McMahon in an earpiece, like, in their ear so that he can be telling them, like, what to say. He's like, he controls everything. It's like his toy box. It's his world. So, you know, we talk about a script being written up. It's because he decides at the last minute that he wants to change something. So he's in charge, like, in the moment when something is happening. Like, he's like, like, Tell them that this is happening, you know, explain this. So, and wrestlers have, or like announcers have like quit because they hate how much he yells in their ears. Yeah. But so, so there's no way that he's like being like, you know, it'd be really funny. I'm imagining this scenario where he's <laughs> no. like getting into all this like gay terminology. And like, I wonder they're if they're bears, bears or if they're, you know, they otter. I'd say the closest <laughs> I can think of is like muscle. Yeah. They're twinks. Like yeah. twinks, twunks. They're not even twinks. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They're definitely which twunks. Is like, which is like a yeah. beefy twink. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yes, yes. Yeah. But there's no way Vince McMahon is like <laughs> saying any of uh, Yeah, that I mean, they wouldn't fit in into the, an in episode of Queer as Folk, so. yeah. um, which I, I think was you know, a show that really loved to show off like muscle gaze. But uh, I think <laughs> that's wouldn't? the closest they would yeah. be mm. is like a like beach body obsessed gay men. is like. But then again, they are, but then we're in WWE, so like vis- uh, you have to kind of take the muscles out of it. You have to take the smooth shave out of it. And honestly, I think most of the <laughs> WWE roster is twunk-esque. So, Except John Hennigan. You know, mm. well, they'll take it. Yeah. John mm. Hennigan. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, did you see his new mullet this week? It's pretty, no, I just it's think of Survivor. Not a John's fan. Hair, hair Hennigan. Yeah. He was, he was, he was, he was daddy on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, I mean, yeah, I mean, still is, I think he's not like, you know, out of shape or anything, you know, he's not like let himself go. He's back. He's wrestling in the largest wrestling company in the world. So, but in Uh, comparison to everyone else, he just, he kind of, he blends, he blends in. That's the amazing thing about WWE. We get a lot. There was a guy who was like on the cover of like a video game, like a WWE video game. And I thought it was John Hennigan, but it wasn't one. It was like WWE 2018. So John Hennigan wasn't in WWE at that time. (laughs) Oh, I think it was Seth Rollins. Was it Rico? (laughs) Razor Ramon. (laughs) I mean, similar hair. Yeah. It's probably Seth Rollins, I think. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot of guys who have like, like brown or black, like long hair, like a beard, and they just There's all look like Austin. some form of each other. There's like a lot Grace. of them. Drew McIntyre. D- yeah. Does anyone have like bright blonde? I mean, so I think of Dolph Ziggler with this, with the blonde, like long blonde hair. But are there, back to what we were saying about blonde, especially long blonde hair in, in the time of Billy and Chuck. Hulk Hogan. There used to be a lot. There used to be like, you know, Edge, Christian, yeah, long blonde hair, yeah. Edge, Christian, Tess. Good point. A lot of Canadians. A lot of Canadians with blonde hair. But uh, they, WWE also so has like Canadian bias, but I think that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Have you ever heard this? That's a, that uh, they used to, for a while, they would like change where people were from if they thought that it would like <laughs> people wouldn't cheer them. So a lot of the Canadians were Too like Canadian. now residing in like New York City or now residing in like Tampa, Florida, instead of being from like Winnipeg or Calgary because they thought well, people would boo them because they were from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon yeah. is so he's so weird he's such a weird and literally guy. I, I think you were just like referring to different places that they've built Chris Jericho yeah. uh, one of the biggest stars in the business from so he's been built from Winnipeg New York Tampa so if he's a bad guy if he's a bad yes. guy he gets built from Canada if he's a good mm. guy he Wait, gets built from New York what is, what, why is it New not York Tampa Rangers. if he's a bad guy I feel like Tampa is where like yeah Tampa's like a I don't know 
Well, now. Well, unfortunately, the guy I, I was know. thinking of that they built from Tampa, I think, or was he from, did they build it from Atlanta? Chris Benoit. And that's like a whole oh. another like, yeah, we don't need to get into Chris Benoit. I will have to Google uh, that. If you know, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think anywhere in the States, they normally, you no, know, Canada was seen as this like, again, it's like the foreign, you know, the foreign bad guy, which even like, it's kind of silly to think of Canada as this foreign place, but um, they often would. Well, I mean, just to kind of bring it back to 2002 WWE, they had a tag team called the Un-Americans who were Canadian. Well, I think, well, two Canadians, I believe, and then uh, William Regal from the... Yeah, I know William Regal was Lance, involved. So it was from Lance the UK. Storm, Christian, and Tess, and then William Regal. Yeah. Later on, um, yeah. and so yeah, it's it, it's interesting because like looking at 2002 back to something you were bringing up earlier, Hudson. It's just that like there was at least one wet T-shirt match. Yep. Yep. They. They had lots of, there was a lot of questionable stuff going on. I was talking about this on the Wrestling Rehap Up this week, um, which is like so, um, so far away from what WWE is now. But there was a match where Molly Holly, who was the women's champion at the time, took on someone named Nydia. And Nydia said, if I win the championship and beat Molly, I'm going to flash at the end of the match. So that was the... You know the 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 heel or the the bad guy or the bad person in that situation was uh, Molly Holly because Molly didn't was... think that's what wrestling should be, which I think <laughs> definitely holds up. So uh, you don't need to do an episode about that one. We could say Molly Holly Molly, holds up. Molly going into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, this is a month, Matt, before uh, Katie Vick. Ooh, that, yeah. yeah so 2002 Hudson, was not a great year so for WWE. the Katie Vick storyline. Is there's this wrestler named Kane who has like one of the most complicated like backstories ever. He basically like as a child was maybe burned by his like almost burned to death by his brother, but he survived. Mm-hmm. But the parents died, so he shows up to like get revenge on the Undertaker. Um, there's like this story is like maybe insinuating that this guy Kane. Uh, fornicated with a dead body uh, in the form of Katie Vick, right? Is yeah. that that's the on like on prom night or something like that? Or she, but she was dead. There was a, I think there was a yeah. car accident involved, and yes. it and might Kane have been prom crashed night. the car, and like she died. And yeah. it, anyway, two thousand two is like this time where they're just like throwing anything controversial yes. like at the wall to like see if they can get attention for it. They don't have competition at this time, so they sort of like are not mm-hmm. boxed in by like worrying about losing it they're the only like game in town uh so unfortunately there's some pretty like this this sort the katie vick thing is like always pretty much regarded as the worst thing that they ever tried to do Yeesh. and it's a month before they do this gay wedding storyline <laughs> so yeah what what just to kind of say that i like it's tough looking at 2000 we're not talking about 2002 wwe here but we we are and like looking at it I wish I could go through and like rank the hundred worst things that WWE did in 2002 because uh, the Billy and Chuck storyline would not be at the top of my list. No, no, it's which not. is sad. <laughs> and yet, scary. for me, this is the time where I was probably the most into wrestling. I would have yeah. been eleven around this time. Um, so this is for sure like the time period where I'm probably the most invested in wrestling than any time before, uh, probably like starting around. This mm-hmm. is where I can really remember like, you know, I was watching all the time. Um, and so I think that's like the most interesting part is like, obviously this podcast is designed to like, let's look at Steph. And some of the stuff is like, 
you know, we watched it as a kid or we watched it when we were younger and we're trying to see if like, you know, whether it holds up now. Um, wrestling is this thing. I think I talked about this last time. I have a very complicated relationship with wrestling. Like, right. It's like, it's done a ton of harm to people. There's this like great um, TV show called Dark Side of the Ring, which sort of explores most of the darker things that have happened in wrestling. You know, the wrestlers who get addicted to painkillers, the wrestlers who get involved in, you know, shadier stuff. Um, it's really fascinating. And it's interesting that like, this is one of the things I choose to be like, I'm a, you know, you said I'm, whether you're not, you're a fan earlier, Matt, like, I think yeah. I am a fan at the end of the day. Like I still watch oh. a lot of wrestling, you know, yeah. like, um, it, it, it lures me in like this past week, there was like a segment on uh, one of the wrestling shows. It was like, I thought it was like brilliant, well done storytelling. And it's one of the most unique forms of storytelling. And yet at the same time, um, it's done a lot of like harm. Like, yeah, I, I, I do wonder what, like, you know, there definitely was a gay person in that audience at that show and totally. watched not like the way the whole thing, the way the whole thing is positioned is like, we're going to boo these guys because they're going to agree to get married. And then as soon as they say like, no, like this was like, we were like, we weren't supposed, we're not actually supposed to get married. This is like a rib and they get beat up. You're sympathizing with the people who have just agreed to, to pull a ruse on you. But you, you are now supposed to cheer them. Like in the story moving forward, those guys are the good guys. Those are who you cheer. Um, the guys who were duped into, not duped into, like in some way, like they definitely had a role in that. But wrestling is just like, it's one of the most unique forms of storytelling um, there is. And there's some very bad storytelling that they've done. Yeah. Uh, exhibit A is this clip we watched <laughs> today. Um, but there's also a lot I love about yeah. wrestling. So it's this very complicated relationship i think yeah and i i think the other piece of it too is that like number one there's so many layers to it and i think if you're a wrestling fan who is in attendance at that show but even if you're like if you're a, a member of the lgbtq plus community and you are in the crowd like i'm i could imagine that well, one, like seeing this this gay bashing take place on TV could be a little it could be triggering, but it also might not be if you're familiar with the context of wrestling. Like, oh, of course the wedding gets ruined. But I think the part that's that's most egregious is just how they completely dropped the storyline, how mm. they lied to Glad and to media. Like these like, Billy and Chuck were on Good more uh, on yeah. the Today Show, not Good yeah. Morning America. On the Today Show, they were in New York Times. Matt Lauer like wished them a happy wedding ceremony, which I have to go back and find this clip because I'm really fascinated by the fact that it seems like a lot of people really thought that this was happening and and bought into it. But yeah, it's it it's it's kind of sad uh, because even if the wedding happened as it did they could have still continued the storyline. They could have had two strong, uh, well, not actually, well, yeah, they could have had two strong gay characters, regardless mm -hmm. of the sexuality of the performers. And I think that this could have been salvageable, potentially, if they weren't WWE. Yeah, and if they I, I think, didn't yeah. approach this the wrong way from the very no, beginning. I think it's a good time. I think like we, that's a lot, you, that's a big you, if, you two I guess, could like, right? like, there's so much like, to talk about with 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 queerness within uh -oh. the the WWE in general, just because it's such a homoerotic sport, it 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 had it's such a it's yeah it's camp it's it's weirdly conservative um, it's camp. But I think it might be time to ask yes. about whether this holds up or not. Because I, I don't want this to be a three-hour yeah. podcast. That's the only reason. <laughs> tough, 
Tough one. I know. Tough one this week. Does the gay wedding that's not a gay wedding hold up? Okay, well, wait. I wonder, sure. can I? Yeah. Am I allowed to break that down and ruin yes. your format? Yeah, sure. So, do you, so, does the Billy and Chuck tag team before the wedding mm-hmm. hold up is one question I have. Mm-hmm. And then does the wedding hold up is all is like a, a, a bit of a separate question I, I have because I wonder if it's a I don't know if it's a separate answer but um I I don't no no I think it's that's totally fair for me the answer is no to both and it's 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 not because they could exist in some way but it's it's the whole product is is you know is is the result of what we're seeing and and the announcers are you know a, a part of that right like it's like every character. Um, you know, this is why announcers like, you know, talk to wrestlers, but you know, what do you want me to get across about your character? What are you trying, you know, what is mm-hmm. happening in your match? And it's so, it's so much like anti-gay bashing it. So, and, and I think too, for these guys play, you know, I guess there is an interest, you know, there's interesting conversation we could, ha- we've had on this podcast about like, there are queer people who would see Billy and Chuck and be like, oh, that's like, that is me. Like, I am like a bit more flamboyant. I'm a flamboyant, like gay guy, right? Like that's that I connect with that. Um, I just, you know, there's not enough queer representation in wrestling. Like now, like, you know, WWE still is pretty shy to like promote their wrestlers as queer on the independent scenes. There's like a ton of like amazing um, queer wrestlers. Like recently, um, I think right around the time of the Royal Rumble, there was like a, an all LGBTQ show where it was all right. uh, all all gay, queer, trans wrestlers, which was really cool to see. Um, and so you can see that where you can have you. We do have wrestlers now who like are, you know, over the top flamboyant. There's, you know, a cis male and that is relatable for some people. And then you also have these like, you know, just a trans woman wrestler who is relatable to, to someone as well. And so in the context that you put Billy and Chuck in like 2002, I just, mm-hmm. I, the, I don't know. I guess it's hard for me to pull it out from like everything that is being said about them at the same time. And I think from them probably viewing their characters, like how do I do stuff that gets the most amount of hate? Right. Like that is the way they were positioning themselves. Uh, in, as you can see that when they become good guys, they drop, every, they drop all of that. Right. When they want to be cheered, they drop all the, the flamboyant feminine stuff. Whereas like Rico is a good example of a character who I think does hold up. Who like whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, he still has all the flamboyant like nature to to himself. He has all the same characteristics he had when he was a bad guy that he has when he's a good guy. Um, whereas Billy and Chuck, it's it. I don't think either the tag team or the commitment ceremony holds up. But I'm happy to have my opinion be be swayed by you, man. No, I I <laughs> I will say I. So when I was going into rewatching everything, I kind of had an open mind about it because I knew the commitment ceremony in itself and everything around that was really horrible. But at the same time, I went back and I watched through and I just got really, um, I, I became really upset with the WWE overall, with the announcers in particular and, and how they were talking about Billy and Chuck as characters because I really believe that if things were just framed differently like or if if um if they weren't played up for laughs or if they weren't played up to stereotypes in a way that was meant to be negative or or whatever like this could have been a lot different and i, I but it doesn't hold up it doesn't yeah. hold up i do think though that on paper and that's one thing i i thought that was fascinating on paper 
Billy and Chuck and their run holds up like as quality pro wrestling characters. It's just mm-hmm. like they're they're, they're very they're memorable ins- for a team that was well, only together for a year. Not even yeah, not and not like, even barely right. So that's but yeah, I don't they don't they don't hold up. But I I think where I where where I'm where I'm getting at in looking at the wedding and then everything before is that so often people look at the wedding and I mean we have a we have a tendency to do this in different kinds of podcasting too, where we just look at something and say, Oh yeah, that was horrible. Like let's, let's not talk about it and break it down, which is totally not what you do. So I love the hold up podcast. You're doing awesome stuff, but also I will, you know, I I think it's, it's good to break down like what is wrong with this. And like, I don't know if it helps at times to think about what's most wrong, but I just kind of feel like no one ever talks about how, horrible the announcers were and the comments that they made and you know and everything that I looked up with Billy and Chuck I couldn't find anything where people were just outright pointing out like all of the homophobic comments that were coming up constantly and the two the two lead commentators on those shows are still the lead commentators on two two weekly wrestling yes right so it's not like there's new it's new people Michael Cole announces on every Friday for Smackdown and Jim Ross is still Kicking around on AEW each week. So, like, these are the same people who are still. um, Just be like, hey. They're still in the business. Still keeping at it. Still stand by those statements you made in 2002. And if they say yes, then they can get get canceled because they, you know. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Yeah. I just don't think wrestling fans are going to be the ones to do that. But, yeah. 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 I don't. I uh, honestly, I want. I do wonder because I know that there's more. Uh, I hate. I hate the term woke because I. It's definitely weaponized against liberal people all the time. But I think that the wrestling fan base is. I know the wrestling fan base is more <laughs> woke uh, than it was 20 years ago, which is great. But yeah, I don't think anything's being canceled. So. Uh, I, I, I just, Hudson, for me, I don't it's know like wrestler woke is saying, like uh, where <laughs> like it's is it just seems like it's it's <laughs> yeah. still like wrestler like woke. it's like it's just like we don't openly talk about how much we hate people who aren't like us is how I feel what wrestler woke is. Yeah, well, I think that I think that there is definitely a tendency, and and then this is kind of where like the wrestling wrap up podcast with me and Mari and then all sorts of great guests comes in because we have these conversations about a lot of social issues. Like one episode we went from talking about like colorism to sexual assault, like back to like race, racism or like, uh, like gender. So we touch on a lot of different issues, but like the thing that's disappointing to me is that these aren't conversations that are happening all the time in this wrestling bubble, even though we have so many great, like more, a much more, we, I don't know how informed people were then, but I almost feel like now it's like, you have no excuse not to be aware of these issues and to address them. And it's cool that we're addressing Ah. them because like, who knows, maybe, maybe this podcast will be the reason that they replace the announce team and get some people, some people who are, uh, you know, not uh, super homophobic wishful in 2001, thinking. 2002. Well, um, but wishful thinking. Yeah. yeah. So I, so Hudson, you, I this was, was your first time watching it. Do you want to answer the question? Does it hold up? That went off the rails very quickly. Um, and it holds up. Not at all. Uh, I should have said it, it does not hold up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted, I guess I was trying to, to shock you, but it does not hold up at all. Okay. But it hold, does not hold up in so many different ways from like the homophobia to 
this this man who I would describe as um, I, I don't like using the word pimp, but I think he was a pimp showing up with a bunch of women. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh yeah, the I forgot Godfather. the Godfather was. I was gonna bring it up, but I was like, <laughs> I totally oh, forgot. Too. I, I completely did too. Kind of words and. <laughs> um. Oh my god, I forgot the Godfather was in this. <laughs> no, but I think that I think maybe to like cl- slightly close the can of worms, like this is what we're talking about when we're pointing to what WWE was at the time. I have, I mean, that yeah, that was. There's actually some notable <laughs> stuff there, but we won't we won't bother going into. Oh my into, god, I forgot. That. And that's like, but basically th- he's like, like, hey, want to hop? I I'm not even hop yeah, on the hoe train. That's like, yeah, I, for I real. Like he it. would do that every week. He'd come out with, the, and he was like one of the most popular characters in the late '90s. And it's wild Still. to me that I just forgot because he's like one I'm of sure. the least like. I mean, it's not really like. I guess he is. He's like. But- you guys should be straight, but like it's wild. So, so yeah, so just wild. like going looking at clip. it like I from totally like forgot. how many <laughs> problematic and cringy things were happening just in this one clip. Um, no, this doesn't hold up. I don't even think in two thousand one, like yeah. it held up. Like, and I think that's kind of how I feel about a lot no. of these things that no. we watched. No. Is like, how did anyone think this was okay in the year it it came out? Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 always fun to dip my toes into wrestling because uh, I just mm. I I just glaze over at like the actual matches, but it Yeah, wedding clips like weird like stories. We'll send you more wedding. Are, like, we'll send you more really wedding epic. clips. Like I remember I went yeah. I went to WrestleMania 2019. Not I didn't go to it, go to it. I went to a, a viewing party at a bar. Um, uh-huh. and like I was intrigued by like Watch there was someone, like yeah. Yeah. Vince right. McMahon versus his son stuff going on. Um or maybe it was I feel like it. Like his son shows in up. 2019. 2019. Uh, some probably. Yeah, some, there hasn't. Shane McMahon has. I remember this I was definitely years, like so. chatting away during the ma- the matches and like. Yes. Just like enwrapped during the 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 skits, the the storylines, the 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 soap operas, whatever they're called. <laughs> In 2019, I think that was when he Vince, or Shane was doing the like he was the best in the world because he had won that tournament as yeah. a substitute in the final. It was him and the Miz in a Falls Can Anywhere match, like, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll, anyway, we're not talking about anyway. wrestling next week. Sidetracked. We, we can definitely, uh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're gonna go, we're gonna go way no, back in the past. The what? oldest thing we've actually yeah. ever covered You're on not? the show. Um, a one of uh, a classic film, one of my yeah. favorite wow. films from my youth. And I'm I'm vamping right now because I can't remember what year it came out, and I'm trying to Google it while I'm talking. Uh, so from 1959, um, the uh, the great film *Some Like It Hot*, which um, famously stars uh, Marilyn Monroe, and um, is oh. about two men who dress as women, pretend to be women, so they can uh, get away from the uh, the mob who want to kill him, kill them for witnessing a uh, a, a crime that the mob mob committed. And uh, I grew up watching it like every every weekend. I was at my dad's house. I feel like, um, and I have not gone back and rewatched it since I was probably a teenager. So I, I'm I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how this film like addressed mm-hmm. uh, cross dressing um, as well, and like kind of addressed like non normative sexuality in a way, and like why me as like you know an 11, 12 year old was so drawn to this movie um, when I wasn't really a hundred percent sure of who I was.
Yeah, this uh, this will be fun. I've never seen it, but I, you know, we've talked a lot about like diving into things where it's like nobody in this movie is like explicitly gay, right? Like, like it's like two men dressing up as women, and they're just cross dressing to like hide, right? So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, all right. So I'm interested. I'm, you know, I think that that's interesting to examine. And yeah, one of like, um, you know, I was always surprised that this was like, you know, you look at the IMD top two fifty, and it was like uh, this cross-dressing film was on like the top of the chart. So uh, I'm excited yeah. to finally, finally watch it. So that's what's happening next week. Um, but Matt, we don't talk about wrestling every week here, but, but you talk about wrestling every I week. What, what, what else do you got going on? Where, where can people find you? Look, you could find me on social media at Matt Scotchy W. So I always feel like I, I'm plugging like the wrestling wrap up and what we're doing there. And you could find that on the podcast apps. It's the word wrestling and R-H-A-P-U-P, um, it'll come up. We're also um, on the post show, or not, we're not on post show recaps. That's a completely separate thing. Uh, right. But we are on the reality TV wrap ups. I love post show recaps and lots of other podcasts in this universe. Um, but yep. Yeah. Um, so that's where we are. I'll also say that I um, I do social impact stuff and love to interview people about social impact stuff and, and issues that matter, um, which you might not think overlaps with wrestling well, but as we could see through this conversation, there's a lot of overlap. So I have something called Let's Care, and my website's www.oldschool.let's.care. Um, and so if you go to Let's Care, you could just see different interviews, subscribe to um, the Let's Care podcast. And um, yeah, always just updating. I'm updating that once in a while with different Changemaker interviews and conversations. But that's what I'm up to. <laughs> You're so um, professional. But, yeah, but how about you two? What, you, you, <laughs> you, you know, where, where are you? Are you here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah we have the Instagram. You'll um, be right here, Twitter, right? So yeah. Hold up yeah. podcast yeah. with one P. And I'm, uh, I can be found mostly on the Instagram at non-binary, which is tagged in our Instagram, and also I, I've been I've been into TikTok lately. Um, I TikTok my cats um, quite a bit, uh, and it's Huddy underscore Duddy. Yeah. Uh, so follow me there. Wow. I'm trying to break a uh, hundred followers. <laughs> Great cats. What's well? What I do have. You, what do I, you... I take. What's no, your they, they're just very weird. I have, so I have two cats. Like, what my do you do? Has, my roommates have one cat. Do they dance? And they are just a very odd. Yeah. Um, trio of cats and um i just capture their weirdness and i usually put music in the background it's usually taylor swift because my roommate is a swifty um catcher and my and one of the cats name is taylor so um mm. yeah it's great cat content yeah it's great uh so it's it's mostly that um right. and then a, i've been circle. doing some retro tech in there also i threw in an ipod video um like uh discovery uh video in there a three like a three-part series um yeah to my 29 followers thank you <laughs> and grace shout That's out great. uh i'm on twitter at hi from grace um check out hudson and i were both on uh on rob is a podcast this yeah. week, talking about game changers mm-hmm. uh hudson was on the patron patron feedback yeah. show so become a patron yeah grace is great too uh, so um yeah to if you like survivor um, yeah it was great hudson was great yeah yeah. yeah, and that's is, great. We'll just too. compliment each other for like the next five minutes. You were great. You're both great. Yeah. You're great. You're both You're great. great. Yeah, you were, you were so actually much. both uh, great. Looking forward to next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.